I was kind of excited to see, you know, kind of save me, you as well. <laughs> like, hey, man, well, I mean, you seeing know. a little egg on the face. Not seeing, not seeing, not taking anything away from them, but their luck ran out. Yeah, well, my, my friend texted me, he's like, man, you got lucky. I'm like, did I get lucky or am I just right? <laughs> like, can you just give me credit for being right? The man's never going to play in another Super Bowl. He's, it's never going to happen. Like, I don't think it was lucky. I just, does, is he playing the Super Bowl this year? Nope. Like we always do about this time. So we just had the news of Sean Payton. What did you think about that when it came down? I know you were kind of thinking he was going to, going back to Fox. You were, you were thinking it was all over. Uh, it kind of seemed that way. Uh, I'm just glad it's over with. Yes. I mean, that's been the, the storyline. Where's Sean Payton going? Where's Sean Payton going? But man, I think he kind of told on himself Sunday on on uh, on the broadcast with the orange tie, orange pocket square. Like, man, come on. <laughs> it's crazy how the first team that everybody was talking about when all this started was Denver, and then all those other teams came in. You're hearing rumors and everything, and it ends up being Denver, too. So I thought it was Denver. Uh, Denver was my prediction from the beginning. I thought it just made the most sense. I thought Russell Wilson has a lot left in the tank. I don't think he's done. I think a lot of what happened was Nathaniel Hackett. So I, I think they're, they're going to be good. They're set up to win. So yeah, It's the most talented roster for sure. It just seemed like uh, it almost looks like Denver kind of they got caught holding a bag, man, because – they interviewed him, didn't hear anything else, and they started, I think, what, what was the word? It was, they, they were in on D'Amico Ryans. They let Houston kind of, they, they waited. They just waited so long. Penner went and met with Harbaugh in Ann Arbor like a couple of days ago, so it almost seemed like that was their number one target to me from what I was reading and what I was looking at. They wanted Harbaugh because that was the first guy they talked to. Went two days ago, talked to him again. So I, it almost seems like Sean was the third, their third choice. They didn't have anywhere else to go. The optics of that looks to me, all right, man, we struck out on D'Amico. We struck out on Harbaugh. We, like, tried to woo him again at the last minute. We've always got maybe Peyton in the bag, if possible. I, I don't know. I think Sean was everybody's first choice. And then they, you know, they reach out and they find out, do we have what it takes? Are, are, are the Saints even listening to what we're offering or are we even in the same ballpark so you got to kind of get all those ducks in a row and then maybe when they the initial offer was maybe not good enough or you know Peyton was like you know we're not I don't want I'm not going to take this because I have all the other teams that are, have openings are calling me the Panthers are calling and the Cardinals are calling and so he wants to kind of see what's out there before he just takes like that first interview that he had was with Denver and I think I think Denver was going to hire D'Amico Ryan's Houston ended up doing it, so then they were like, well, we'll fall back on, on, on what we had with Peyton. But, and look, you, you mentioned it a couple weeks ago, but it's, it's so true how Peyton just played his cards completely correct because when he saw what was about to happen in New Orleans, and so take a year off and you keep that, that aura about you, that mystique that you're like this all-time great offensive mind. In reality, how, how true is that? Right. Because yeah, the whole time you were there winning game stuff, you had a first battle Hall of Famer at quarterback. So how much of that was him? How much of that was Drew? I usually tend to lean on most of it was Peyton. But now, as soon as he saw the going get tough, he's like, all right, I'm out of here. And then he maintained that whole 
man, Sean Payton is the best coach in the league, and all the all the teams are coming after him. So he played it absolutely perfect. Remember when he said first round pick, mid first round pick? Like he was playing that perfect. The negotiations. I guarantee you, he was involved with the negotiation and negotiating with Mickey on the pick and all that stuff. So. It was Absolutely. really impressive to see it happen. Yeah, he, he's he's a master uh, self-promoter, marketer. Like he, he he kept that mystique. He played it. He played his cards to the T. Yes. I gotta agree with you. Yeah, on that. he played it. So there's a couple of things to break down on this. I guess the first one, from a personal perspective, is the Saints. How they came out. They came out with a first-round pick, number 29. I I like it, and the reason why I like it is because the Saints suck in the first round. So I don't need a high first-round pick because the Saints got. Let's say that. Let's say that they had played hard ball with the Broncos and they got the fifth pick. They gonna mess that up. <laughs> so I, I don't want the fifth pick. I like the late-round picks. That's when we excel. We do great in the second round, even more in the third round and the fourth round. The Saints have tons of history with great players in the second, third, and fourth round, including probably the best draft pick they've ever had in Ricky Jackson, the second-round pick. So they have great success in those later rounds. The 29th pick is basically a second round pick. It's the it's the bottom of the first near the top of the second. So you're you're in that wheelhouse of where the Saints really do great. So I like the 29. I didn't like this the pick swap. I don't feel like we needed to do that. That was just that was just Mickey being nice to Sean and I don't like that. Like at, at that point you gotta just it's business. It's not personal but I feel like the, the pick swap even if they did pick swap, not a third, man. A third is expensive. Like, if you want to pick swap, okay, we'll pick. We'll give you a fourth, or we'll give you a fifth, but not a third. Like a third, a third is a starter. A third rounder is a starter. You're you're trying to draft a starter, so they basically pick swap starter for starter, second for third. I just thought that value was too much. But at the end of the day, I think number one, it's over, which is great. I'm, I'm very happy that's over. And number two, they turned a guy that has no interest in being with your franchise, a guy that's was worthless to you in reality. I think a lot of people that don't like it are thinking they traded Sean Payton. They didn't trade Sean Payton. They traded some guy off the street that wasn't helping your team at all, and they turned it into a first-round pick. So I think it was a good a good net positive. I, I have to agree with you on that. If you break down the trade further, it's basically they traded two, two second-round picks, pretty much. I mean, Denver's pick is late. You're projecting that next, next year's second-round pick, 2024, if Sean Payton does what Sean Payton's allegedly supposed to do, that's going to be a low second-round pick as well. Now that pick swap, yeah, I think you really you're swapping second-round. To me, you're just swapping second-round picks basically, because I'm projecting the Saints' third-round pick will be somewhere top 15. You know, as we're sitting right now, now that can all change. You know, if they have a find a quarterback, get a, have a great season. I think they win, the Saints win the trade. I mean, you're winning regardless. Like you said, it's useless. He's just sitting on the shelf. So you got something in return. You got draft picks, which is, is huge. Now, you just got to make the right picks and develop them, and you're going to be fine. We didn't trade our head coach. No. Like, no, no. The Raiders traded their head coach yes. when they traded John Gruden. The Saints did not trade their head coach. They traded some guy. Like, basically, they traded nothing for a first-round pick. Like, I Oh, it's a great success. Okay, I, I, I'm satisfied with what the Saints got. Now, let's talk about the Broncos a little bit. How much of a difference does he make? Because of the, on the surface of it, the Broncos are, like, ready to win now. I mean, they have Russell Wilson, who's a borderline Hall of Famer, had a really bad season last year. To me, I don't think he's done. I think it was a combination of you got a new quarterback, a new head coach, and a new, and a new place. 
I think it was just a recipe for disaster, and those two personalities didn't mix. So I think Sean Payton's been infatuated with Russell Wilson since he was in New Orleans. I think he really wanted Russell Wilson to be to play the Jameis Winston role of taking over after Drew left, and you know that just didn't happen. So. I think he loves Russell Wilson. I think they're ready to win. I've been saying that for a few years that they're ready to win. I, I kind of want to know what you think about Denver, their roster, and their ability to win. Maybe not next year, but in, within the next three years, winning a Super Bowl should be on the table for them. I think the expectation is high, man. You look at this year, they they only their defense only gave up 18 points a game in the games that they lost. They couldn't score over 18 points in any of those games. Sean Payton's offenses, every year he was in New Orleans, was top five. So you're figuring, hey man, we got a defense ready to win right now, doesn't give up over 18 points, and I'm Sean Payton, I'm gonna put up 30, 27 to 30 points a game. You figure you're gonna win some games. The Broncos are the ones that are on the pressure, and Sean Payton as well, because now he stepped into the Lions then. Totally. like. I have a roster built to win right now. There's no waiting. There's no three-year plan here. There's none. There's none. I'm sorry. There's none. You got Russell. You got uh, the running back that got hurt. What's his name? Uh, is it Williams? Yeah, Javante Williams. Javante Williams. You got Jerry Judy. You got Cortland Sutton. I mean, you you just ready made to win now. And in history shows, trading for trading for a coach has not worked out in the history of the NFL. Except for one person, which was John Gruden, which I don't think uh, he was same acumen, mind, uh, offensive mind, whatever. But let's be real, Tampa Bay when he went there, the defense won that championship, not the offense. But they were, but they were ready to win. They were I mean, they ready. Were right to on win. the cusp of winning. But they did not win because John Gruden came and right. dramatically changed their offense. Right. I don't. I don't know if it was John Gruden specifically. But they just needed a change away from Dungey, and that's not saying Dungey's not a good coach. It just it wasn't. They it wasn't needed a different voice. They needed a different voice. Different it voice. just so happened that that voice was Gruden. I don't know how much he actually played into it. So, okay, so yeah, I agree with you. He doesn't have a three-year plan, but you say he, he needs to win. Define win, because winning a Super Bowl is extremely difficult. Like you can win. Like the Saints won. Pretty much every year he was the coach, they won a lot of games. And they made the playoffs a lot of years, but they only have one Super Bowl. So what, does it have to be Super Bowl? Or can he just make the playoffs? Like turn them into a perennial playoff team, a Super Bowl contender? Or do you, are you saying in three years they got to win the Super Bowl? No, I won't say one of the Super Bowl. What, what you want as an organization is a chance to compete for the Super Bowl, which means I got to get in the playoffs. I think that's mandate number one. He has to get in the playoffs this year. I'm not even saying make a deep run. I mean, because it's going to be until further notice. Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes is that's that's the standard. I mean, you have to wait and see. That that division is just tough. You got San Diego. Just I'm sorry, Los Angeles Chargers. Just got Kellen Moore. You you're expecting now Justin Herbert to make a tremendous jump. I mean, because you know that's another conversation we'll have. But Kellen Moore, I mean, his offense is top top ten, top six the last three four years as an OC. So it's going to be tough. But I think that's that's the challenge Sean Payton wants. He went to that division. My offense with this defense, I think we can compete right now. And my expectation is playoffs first, and we'll see what happens after that. Another thing about that division is that everybody's forget about the Raiders. Like they're probably going to make a move for a quarterback. They might get Aaron Rodgers. They might get Tom Brady. I mean, they they have Devontae Adams. Like, can you imagine Rodgers and Adams reunited? 
in, in Oakland. I mean, in Las Vegas, like that. Not that's another end. Rico that of that division. Like they had the big, the big three teams. Mahomes at the top. The two, the other two teams, and then the Raiders. No telling what they could do. Like that's a really tough division. So it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to bust through and win that division and consistently be there every year when you're playing those all three of those teams twice a year. I mean, the Raiders made the playoffs last year. It's not like they're that far away from being a really good team. Well, I think the Raiders, this move may affect the Raiders more than maybe anybody else if you really think about it. Because, okay, if you if you had, you think you can get Aaron Rodgers, now does Aaron Rodgers, like, oh, crap. He just got Sean Payton in Denver. I got to deal with Patrick Mahomes. I got to deal with Justin Herbert. Do I want to go there in my last couple of years? And, and really plow that hole or do I do I stay in Green Bay I still got a shot there or do I go to the Jets or somewhere else I think that has a very tremendous ripple effect down to the Raiders like that might have foiled them out of everybody in this whole situation yeah personally I wanted to ask you about Mike McCarthy and compare him to Sean Payton compare the expectations of what Mike McCarthy does because Mike McCarthy has back-to-back 12 win seasons he is competing for championships. Now, they can't get over the hump. A lot, of, a lot of the blame goes to Dak Prescott. I know you put a lot of the blame on Dak Prescott. The media puts a lot of the blame on Dak Prescott. Rightfully so. I'm not saying he's not without blame. But Mike McCarthy also, I, doesn't, I don't think he's given the same leniency that Sean Payton might get where if he doesn't win a Super Bowl, like, like what do you think he has to do to keep his job next year? What? Where does he have to go to keep his job? Yeah, next if he year? does not make the NFC Championship, it's gone. Like those, like expectations like that are incredibly crazy. Like those are crazy expectations for a coach. If he wins, if they win twelve games again next year, that's three straight years of twelve wins, and you are saying they would fire. Like that I'm gonna is, tell you why that he's is going. wild. I'm gonna tell you why he's going. This whole Kellen Moore situation. I don't think he liked Kellen Moore. I don't. I'm not going to say he didn't like Kellen Moore because he didn't really know him that well. Jerry does not really allow his head coaches to hire their own coaches. So when when McCarthy, he was desperate. Nobody was interviewing him, none, none of that. Jerry came in, all right, yeah, this guy's won a Super Bowl, but you're going to keep Kellen Moore. And rightfully so because Kellen's offenses, hey, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, men and women lie. Numbers don't lie. He's produced top offenses. And he might have done one of his best jobs this year when you lost Dak Prescott for five games and you kept Cooper Rush just he wasn't putting up the numbers that Dak was putting up or the, the, the points, but he kept the, he kept it going. So now I think Mike McCarthy with, with with Dan Quinn coming back, it's like, oh crap, you know what? If I'm gonna go down, I'm gonna go down doing it my way. I'm calling the place, I'm doing everything. Which I can't blame the man for that. And I, I can't blame Jerry either because something, I mean, at the end of the day, Kellen Moore was made the scapegoat. I just don't know if it's going to make a difference with McCarthy calling the plays. But, I mean, to your point, uh, is he much better than Sean, or Sean Payton much better than him? I don't think so. I mean, if you look at the records, there's the same records. They both had Hall of Famers, first ballot Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And, I, honestly, I think McCarthy's record in the playoffs is a lot better. I think he made, what, four NFC championship games? But Peyton made two? Three. He made three, okay. Sean Payton just has a presence. And McCarthy is just kind of like, uh, yeah. he's just there, whatever. My concern with the McCarthy situation is 
you have trouble managing the game as it is. Now you're gonna be trying to manage the game and call plays. I like the I like the, I like the move getting rid of Moore, not because Moore was a bad coach, but because McCarthy seen this as his last chance, not with the Cowboys in the NFL. Because, oh, yeah, this is it. Because is now it. his all of his success is tied to Aaron Rodgers. Once he left, Aaron Rodgers kept winning, won two more MVPs. Like you can argue that none of Aaron Rodgers' success had anything to do with McCarthy. All of McCarthy's success had to do with Aaron Rodgers. You don't really hear too much about McCarthy won a Super Bowl. You hear about Rodgers winning a Super Bowl. So I think I think a lot of this I think this a lot of this Rodgers uh, a lot of this McCarthy uh, a lot of McCar- the, the rest of McCarthy's career is tied to what he does this next year. Like oh, for him, to. for him, it's it's what you're saying. What you're saying is correct. I think it's, I think it's crazy that I think it's crazy that what you're saying is true, but it is true. If they don't get to the NFC Championship game, he's fired. They can, he can win 12 games it's and get fired. because his legacy will be defined right here this year over what he does. Sean Payton, Payton's legacy, is it, it's solidified no matter what. Yeah. Championship games happen this weekend. Let's start with the uh, – I guess let's start with the stinker. We'll, we'll, end with the, we'll end with the good one. Man, that Eagles game was horrible. Man, I text you whenever Brock Purdy got hurt, I was like, that's it, they're done. And it's a shame because I think we're going to be in for a treat of a really, really good football game. Because I think that that was two evenly matched teams, strength for strength. And, I mean, it's unfortunately, it was too much for for San Francisco to overcome. Yeah, let's get into that because you texted me right when Brock Purdy got hurt, the 49ers are done. Which, I mean, it's not really going out on a limb. You didn't really like... No, I, you know, I mean, I was like, I think everybody thought that, right? Except but, for you. Well, because they weren't. <laughs> because right after that, the 49ers scored a touchdown to make it 7-7, and then they had the ball, and they were driving down the field. The problem was that quarterback, bless his heart, he wasn't ready to play. Unlike what you talked about with Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy stayed ready to play. He prepared like he was going to start, even when he was the third stringer. This guy... Did he even go to practice? I mean, he just <laughs> didn't look like he knew on, what Nick. was going on. Nick, Nick, this guy's played for 21 professional fr- football franchises, not all NFL. You know, he was in the the, the yeah the, Canadian League, the, and, all kind of yeah, forces, yeah, yeah. man. I mean, and he was at home five weeks ago. I, no, I, it, it goes back to when they when when Purdy had to take over. I think they they signed him because he was familiar with the system because he had been there in in Frisco, but. Everywhere that guy's played, he's been a roach, man. And, I mean, that's just too much to overcome. But this is a point that I guarantee you didn't know we were going to talk about tonight. What was I telling you about Jaden Daniels and why he has such a high draft stock? Because he has the skill set that teams are looking for. And this guy, Josh Johnson, is a roach. 100%, no, no talent at all. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. He has the skill set that teams are looking for. And so that's it. The man had a 21-year career, 21 different teams, playing all over the country. He was getting signed. Teams want him because he just has the skill set. He's not even good. The skill set that he has is not even a good skill set. He just has the skill set. And that's why Jaden Daniels is going to have a 10-year NFL career. Not a Hall of Fame career. He's probably not even going to be a a perennial starter or or have one of those jobs where he's like, plays a lot. But he's going to be in the league because he just has that skill set. Never doubted that he would get drafted and get into the league but as it stands right now 
yes, he can run around, he can move. It's just he's not NFL ready right now. I totally agree with you. I hate to say it. I agree with you. Yes, he, he has the skill set. However, he's going to have to make leaps and bounds developing as a passer, which we have kind of a, 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 a blueprint to that. Jalen Hurts, man. I mean, he was not a polished passer. Made leaps and bounds this year. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I just want to see what happens. I wanted him to come back to school so he could try to develop the skills more. I would. I just hate to see somebody leave because they're pumping him up. Oh, man, you might be a third or fourth round draft pick. And then guess what? It just doesn't work out. And then you're bouncing around the league like this guy, Josh, uh, that had to come in for, for uh, the 49ers. Not saying he's not going to be whatever as it stands right now. No. I think he's going to be a better version of Josh Johnson, which is not to say much. That's not good. It's not to say much. That's no, no, no. Again, I don't, I'm not saying that Jaden Daniels is going to get drafted and become somebody's franchise generational quarterback and, and lead them to a Super Bowl. I'm just saying that guys like Jaden Daniels, even guys that are less talented than Jaden Daniels, that's where the league is going. It doesn't matter if you're good. I don't even care if you're good. You have the ability to move out of the pocket, make plays with your legs, extend plays, and if I need you to make a throw, you can make it, right? Not everybody's Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is one of the, not, not even one in a million, one of one. Like, there's no there's no other Lamar Jacksons, right? So I'm not saying you have to be Lamar Jackson, but that Lamar Jackson skill set is, is sexy to teams. They, they, they like yeah, it. They I love mean, it. It's like the Anthony Richardson talk right now. That, I mean, right, they, exactly. He, he, I think he was in the same position as Jaden Daniels is right I need to go back to school and let me develop as a passer. But, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Somebody's gonna make, I just think somebody's going to make a mistake and overreach for this guy. And then it's, it, it, the expectations are going to be, you know, out the roof. Because right now, let's be real, the NFL, if you can't play right now, you don't have time to develop. I mean, we're seeing it with, with Zach Wilson. Man, the Jets are done. They, they're ready to win. They, they're ready to win now. So, but, I mean, the getting back to the game is just it's just too much to overcome you got you got what you got with the third string quarterback i just wish we'd have saw a better game i i think it would not saying the 49ers would have won i mean that was my pick i think the eagles you know pound for pound you got two number one receivers on the outside i mean the offensive line may be the best offensive line in the league and i mean lane johnson like dude I think he was playing with the torn groin. Where did he still, come from? I don't remember him a, being good like last year and the year before. He's this a, year, he's, he's like he's the best. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's the best left tackle in the league. I don't, I don't even remember hearing his name before. He's a Hall of Famer, man. He's. he's I just hated to see a, a game go like that. And, and for everybody out there, and I had somebody actually tell me, why didn't they play Christian McCaffrey at quarterback? I'm like, are you kidding me it right would, now? That'd have been even worse. I mean, I mean, you, you're gonna get him killed playing running a wildcat. I stopped it. The 49ers were loaded on both sides of the ball, and that's the reason why he was able to carry Brock Purdy with, yes, you know, Brock Purdy played well. He, he, he played very well. Yes. But the team is just stacked, man. Yes. The, the number of players that they have on both sides of the football, that's the kind of team you have to have in order to compete with this, compete for a Super Bowl with a subpar quarterback. Like, for instance, like, an Andy Dalton, right? The Saints, if they were to play Andy Dalton, the Saints have a really good defense. It's a really good defense. It's not good enough to carry you to a Super Bowl with Andy Dalton. Right. It's good enough to carry you a Super Bowl with a Drew Brees, right? But it's not good enough to carry you 
with a quarterback that when your defense is not elite and it makes those mistakes, well then now I need my quarterback to pick up pick up my slack. When I have a game where I give up 28 points, I need my quarterback to be able to lead me to 31. That's the kind of that's the kind of quarterback that Drew was to the defenses that he had. And this de- this Saints defense needs a, a, a better quarterback in order to to win. But the 49ers didn't. The 49ers could have won the Super Bowl with a quarterback like Brock Purdy, but a team like the Saints, they, they, they couldn't, they can't do that. And so uh, that, that's the difference between, you know, you know they, what a lot of people say, you don't need an elite quarterback to win a Super Bowl. That's right. You just need an elite something. You need somebody on your team to be elite because you can't, you can't get by with average players and then also an average quarterback. Well, then, no, you can't win with that. I think the, the, the key here is you're not paying the quarterback anything. So you can stack everything else up. Now, how long can that window last? I think the 49ers, as constructed right now, even the Eagles, another two years because then you're going to start losing players because you're going to have to pay a quarterback. Have we seen any quarterbacks that have gotten paid win a Super Bowl? Never. Which is why this Mahomes thing is so crazy. We'll get to that game in a minute, but, like, Mahomes being – and, and all these games and winning all these Super Bowl, or, well, he's only won one, but winning all these championship games, getting there five years in a row, and also after he's gotten paid, like it's an anomaly. Like he's just that good, where he can overcome lesser talent around him. They got rid of Tyreek Hill, and they got this Isaiah Pacheco, and it's working. You know, like it, they, they they just it's, they have Kelsey, of course, which is a big help. But it's just weird. Like these, once the quarterback gets paid, it handicaps your team so much. Like you would think we'd come back to the pack on this on this quarterback pay because now we're paying these guys so much money, the rest of your team is handicapped and it's not working out. Like teams are not winning Super Bowls. Like that's what we have to be here for, and yet it's just not happening. And nobody seems to be making a move in the right direction. We we keep we're going higher and higher and higher with these quarterback salaries. Eventually, it's going to be so high that and you're like, wait a minute. Everybody's winning with these rookie quarterbacks. What are we paying quarterbacks for? Let's just keep, let's draft one and then let him go sign with somebody else and draft another one. That's our only chance to win. That's, that's the way it's going. That's the way it's going to have to happen because the NFL is living in a bubble right now. And you know what happens with a bubble? It bursts. How can you keep every quarterback going forward now? It's just going to keep getting more and more. So are we going to get to a day where a quarterback gets paid $100 million a year? What kind of team are you going to face? I mean, look, I wonder what's going to happen. Like you said, we're going to talk about this game in a minute, but we're talking about quarterbacks. What's going to happen with Cincinnati? You know, Cincinnati's got to pay Joe Burrow. They're going to have to pay Jamar Chase. But, all right, number one, you got to pay Joe Burrow. You already don't have an offensive line to protect him. So guess what? You can have the $100 million or the, the, the $50 million a year quarterback, but the rest of your team sucks. Or you're going to have a deficiency somewhere with that in your team. Like, you're not leaving enough money to go around to to, to field a, a team that's – but guess what? That's the way the league is going. They're not paying the player. They're playing the doggone position, and that really irks me. Like, I don't care what the NFL Players Association says, and I'm you know me, I'm on the side of the players. Hey, get as much money as you can, but if some, there has to be a market correction somewhere because you can't keep paying the, the position and not the player. Offer a guy like a Burrow, a Mahomes, get what you can get. But some of these other quarterbacks coming, like, look, I'm looking at Dak. Dak's not $40 million. Come on, man. Or Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. I mean, now, Kirk Cousins played his little hand, but, yeah, I mean, come on, man. It, it, it has to stop somewhere, somewhere, because there's no way 
you can keep escalating and escalating, and then the rest of your team is just, you know, and, and we talk about Mahomes. Mahomes actually left money on that. They they coined it or phrased it, oh, it's a, it's a, a half a billion dollar deal. No, it's not. It's not. And he actually did leave some money on the table, and he said it himself because I want to keep some of these guys around. You know, you always look at the guaranteed money and all that stuff, but still, I mean, the quarterback, rightfully so, should be paid more than everybody else, but everybody shouldn't be paid equal. Well, let's get into the second game, man. That was a, a, a fantastic football game. I'm really anxious to hear your thoughts because our thoughts differ so much on so much. I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on how how the game is played, what you think it meant for uh, for the legacy of these players, mainly the two quarterbacks and all that. So I, I guess I'll just let you start with what you thought about the game and, and, and all that stuff. Great football game, man. Great game. Just kind of start off with with the Bengals. I mean, one thing I always notice about the Bengals is Zach Taylor has never gotten out coached in any game I've ever seen him coach. Phenomenal game plans. Got a couple of question marks here and there, but I mean, th- this game was all about Patrick Mahomes, man. High ankle sprain. Most people can't play at all. And for the adversity that he had to overcome in that game, not only the high ankle sprain, but for his top three receivers at some point in that game going out of the game. I mean, I looked at one third down play. They had two tight ends or three tight ends on the field. Like, each, and that's what you paid. You see, that, that, that's what, that, I guess that's what you paid the $40 million for, to overcome those obstacles and make everybody around you better. And I just thought it was a man. It was, it was just a gritty performance, and some of the throws he made. You know, it's just mind-boggling to see him play the game. I, I haven't seen anybody play the quarterback position like this guy plays it. it, it he sees things. The, the the touchdown throw to Kelsey, the one the the, the Valdez Scantling, like my God, like how do you even see that? So I mean, it it, it, it was great to watch. It, it was one of the greatest football games. Quarterback-wise, gritty performance. I mean, it's like his Michael Jordan flu game. I mean, almost. I'm so glad you said that. I totally disagree. A lot of people are saying that. I heard a lot of people say, oh, man, this is Michael Jordan flu game. This is one of the greatest legacy games of all time. I'm not taking nothing away from his toughness. Absolutely. Gritty is the right word. Gritty performance. Let's talk about the last four possessions the Chiefs had. Now, we're talking about this game being all about Mahomes and everybody's giving him all of the credit for what happened in this game. Last four possessions of, of the of the game for the Chiefs. Punt, punt, fumble, run out of bounds to force overtime if he doesn't get a late hit. That's the last four possessions of the Chiefs. Now, if this game is all about the, the play of Patrick Mahomes and the win, is we're giving all of the credit to Patrick Mahomes for the win, he didn't do a whole lot in those last four drives. He punted, Burrow gave him the ball back, they punted, then he fumbled, then on the last play he ran out of bounds for fourth down. That's gonna force overtime. Well, I he mean made the first down. Without the yeah, well, they were gonna kick a they weren't gonna kick a fifty well, something. I mean you had you had, you, you had eight minutes you had eight seconds left. You you probably could have got another playoff and you know, no telling what would have happened. My point is just from what he had to overcome totally in that game, and he did it when it counted. Now I'm not saying that he should take total credit, but I mean in in, in, in the game of football, it's always, hey, the quarterback gets all the credit and they get all the blame. 
Now, the real hero of this game was Chris Jones. And the, and the Chiefs defense. Chris Jones, and yes, that he, he totally, he just wrecked that. He wrecked it. But, I mean, yeah, I, I am going to give Patrick Mahomes that. that it's just me. I mean, yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy because, I mean, he did. He had, a, he had some good throws, and it was totally gritty. I'm not taking anything away from that, but that was not. I mean, I could think. I, I don't even have to really put any much thought on it. I could think of five better Patrick Mahomes games in his career than that. Well, I mean, the game last year. The game last year against Buffalo yeah. was better than that. But I'm saying. But we're looking. You're, everybody's looking for the sexy 450-yard, five-touchdown, or 500-yard game. He still threw for two, 326, two tutties. But he made the play happen at the time it needed to happen in spite of all of the adversity that he faced. He was given the ball four times in the fourth quarter with a chance to go down and score a game-winning drive, and he could he didn't get it done. He just didn't get it done. But he got it done when it counted. He did it, though. He but did. But he did it. But he did. He got bailed out by a boneheaded <laughs> play by, that, uh, by Osai. Well, look, let, let's go back, though. Now, now, this is where it comes to coaching. When you're about to punt the ball, Sky Moore's back there. Oh, you know what? And and you could have seen this. The the, 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 the the announcers, they set this up perfect. You just knew Sky Moore at some point was going to make some sort of play. Because, it, oh, he's had trouble. He's had, Oh, he's back there. He's had trouble all year long. They had took him off of the punt team. But when they put him back there, why in the hell did the special teams coach say, we're just going to kick a line drive punt right at him? Why aren't you doing a directional kick somewhere or if you're going to kick it right at him, let's get some hang time. They hit a line drive punt, and the guy just, he ran it back 25, 30 yards. That's that's a coaching problem right there. That's a special team coach issue right there. So that put Mahomes in a position to even have a chance to make a play, and you just feel like, oh, I got Patrick Mahomes on the field. It's the last, it's the last series. He's going to make it happen. So, I mean, you know, I got to put that ton of the coaching, but I'm not going to take that away from Patrick Mahomes doing what he did. He made the play happen when it needed to happen. Yes, there was a bonehead penalty, but, hey, that's part of the game. Baby. Yeah, it is part of the it's game. part of the game. Mahomes is the best quarterback I've ever seen. Like, honestly, he's he's surpassing Dan Marino for me, who's the best that i ever seen. Like, he's his talent and his skills is just it's unbelievable. I'm not taking anything away from Patrick Mahomes, the football player, or where I think he sits in the legacy of all-time greats. I just don't think this was his best game, not even close. Oh, no. Not, Blame no. it on the ankle if you want. But, you know, for, for people to be out here saying, oh, man, this is a legacy game for him. It's you like, know, I dude, don't, I don't, he, was, I, he was not great. I don't agree it's a legacy game. Uh, I, his legacy is already on its path which you, you just can't tarnish it. But, I mean, just for what he did and what he had to overcome, that was pretty impressive to me. Now, let's talk about the flip side of that. Joe Burrow, he did not play a great game. No. Didn't play a great game. He made some mistakes. I was kind of excited to see, you know, kind of save me. You as well. <laughs> like, hey, man, well, I mean, you say know. the little egg on the face. Not saying, not saying, not taking anything away from him, but their luck ran out. Yeah, well, my, my friend texted me. He's like, man, you got lucky. I'm like, did I get lucky or am I just right? Like, can you just give me credit for being right? The man's never going to play in another Super Bowl. He's, it's never going to happen. Like, I don't think it was lucky. I just, does, is he playing the Super Bowl this year? Nope. I mean, that the, the in my look, man, I love watching the game. But look, I kept I kept sitting there like, this cannot be happening. This is not happening. Like, the, this luck factor keeps rolling and rolling. When they went forward on fourth and sixth, and they threw up, 
basically a Hail Mary on fourth and six to Jamar Chase, and he comes down with the ball. I'm like, oh, you got to kid me. I mean, it was in bracket covers, double covers, perfect coverage. You can't, I mean, you just can't make this stuff up. And I'm like, bro, this thing is going to keep going and keep going. At that point, I was a little concerned. I'm like, dude, they can't, there's just nothing wrong that's going to happen to them. There was a play in the fourth quarter. Joe Burrow threw it to T. Higgins in a double coverage. The pass was not completed. It was deflected by the by the Chiefs defender. Right. But that was a perfect, perfect pass. pass. Perfect pass. That ball was going to hit him in stride in his chest. Yes. And the, the Chiefs player made a play. But like, those are the those are the plays that I'm more I'm more impressed with those plays than a a, one, a basket catch by Jamal Chase. I'm impressed by that play. It ended up being an incomplete pass, right? But man, what a perfect I mean, pass! Even like, he had one pass. It hit it hit Jamal Chase right in the helmet. You know, all, all of the trash talk beforehand, though, like, yo, this is Burrowhead. Yeah, <laughs> like, come on, man. Why, why do that stuff? You know? yeah, that's yeah, just... I, I don't believe in that kind of stuff, but a lot of people do. Like, I don't believe in now the Chiefs are more motivated because you called it Burrowhead. Like, I don't believe in that. But there are a lot of people that do. And then, you know, there's a lot of players that do. They believe in that stuff. So why would you even chance it? In? I'm just not giving anybody any bulletin board material to get me motivated. They may not talk about it. During the week, but at some point, you're like, "Hey, man, they, they talking about our home turf." You know, look as you as you as a competitor, if you're on a team and they talking about they coming to my field, this my field, like, no, man, this no, 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 we ain't having that. All right, I have a theory. I want I want I want to tell you my theory. The AFC has these big three quarterbacks, right? It's it's Mahomes, it's Burrow, and it's Josh Allen. Those are our big three, right? My theory is those three those three players are going to be in the playoffs every year. The team who doesn't have to play two of, the, two of those guys will go to the Super Bowl every year. If you only have to go through one of them. Now, now, look, let me just say, I'm a big team guy. It's a team sport. I don't think the quarterbacks matter as much as people say they are. I don't, I don't get they into do. this Patrick Mahomes versus Joe Burrow. Patrick Mahomes beat Joe oh, Burrow. No, no, they never play each other on the field. That. None of that. Okay? But Pat, Joe Burrow had to play Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Mahomes goes to the Super Bowl. Last year... Patrick Mahomes had to play Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow went to the Super Bowl. I think if you have to play one of those guys in the divisional game, once you get to the championship games and play the other guy, the other guy's going to win. It's just because it's too much pressure. And all of the all of the Burrow versus Mahomes stuff, you just did that last week with Burrow versus Allen. So you got to do it two weeks in a row. And, again, I know it doesn't, it doesn't matter on the field. I'm talking about off the field, it does matter. You're hearing it, you're reading it, you're seeing it. Burrow went through all of that the previous week. Burrow versus Allen. Burrow versus Allen. He wins. Now he's got to do it again. Burrow versus Mahomes. Where, where last week Mahomes was like nothing. They were playing the Jags. Nobody was even talking about it. So I think every year it's going to happen. I'm going to pick it. Every year we're going to see those three teams in some order in the division round. And the team that plays one of the other ones, the next week they're going to lose to the other guy. That's what I think is going to It's happened two years in a row. So you want to do that 10 for 75? 10 for 75. <laughs> hey, 10 Okay. <laughs> Mark it down. 10 for 75. That happens next year. 10 for 75. Yeah, let's do it, man. All right. You, you know, and it, this this where it, it you got to show up and perform, man. You got to show up and perform. But, I, you know, it, it that's it's just it, that makes for great football, though, man. It makes for great, great, great football. When you got elite caliber play at, the, at that position. And, look. We can talk. We can say all we want. You don't need a great quarterback, but look, look what happened. Look what happened in the 49ers Eagles game. Like that was just terrible. 
Now, I'm not all for protecting quarterbacks like they do now with the bubble wrap and all that, but I get it because we just can't watch football that bad. But we're going to have these three elite quarterbacks, possibly a fourth. Because Justin Herbert's still on my list as one of the guys. He just has to take that next step. Now, hopefully we'll see you know, him take that step, and then we got a fourth, fourth, fourth person in the mix. Now, with Sean Payton getting back in the mix with Russell, hey, we might have a fifth. You said potentially borderline Hall of Famer. And they're all it's in the AFC. All in the – and look, three of them are all in the same division. Yeah. Now, what's going on with the Lakers, man? As I told you – They can't be that bad. As I told you before the season started, and I wish me and you would have made that friendly bet of a state from Ruth Chris that the Lakers – are probably not going to make the playoffs. They're just a badly constructed team. What did I say? What was the bet that I said? You said that we were going to be a playoff team. I oh, told yeah. you we weren't going to make the playoffs. I, I think they are a playoff team. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I, I still don't think we're going to make the playoffs. Let's make the bet right now, then. Nah. They, they're the 12th seed. They, okay, if you had made the bet before the season, you would, you couldn't be sitting more pretty. All right, let's make the bet. Steak dinner. Steak dinner at Roots Chris. Roots Chris, Texas Roadhouse. Okay. Long All right, make right, your right, pick. Right, right, right. Before we shake on it, does it have to be, do they have to make the playoffs or does the play-in count? No play-in, all that counts. So if they make the play-in and they don't advance to the top eight. No, you, the play-in game is not the playoff. The okay. play-in game right. is to make it okay. into the playoffs. Okay, okay, okay. So if they get the 10 seed, but then they make, they win the they play-in. They got to win the play-in and get play-in. in the playoffs. All right. Who's Chris? All right. All right. Like it. Now I'm going for the Lake. Well, see, that sucks for me. <laughs> that sucks for me because the Pelicans have the Lakers' first round pick. Look. Oh, the, well. Be a win-win. I'll, I'll celebrate it at Roots Chris. That's fine with me. The, the, here's the thing, man. The Lakers are just a badly constructed team because LeBron James, all of his teams have to have shooters for the style of ball that he plays. Everybody, you go stand in the corner, you just have to have shoot. We don't have any shooters. Now, pending what happens before the trade deadline that's just coming up in the next week or so, we'll see what happens. I don't think they have, and they don't have any capital to trade anybody to get any shooters. It's just, it's just a badly constructed team. And also, the caveat to all of this, LeBron is playing at a, the highest, I mean, man, can he sustain what he's doing right now? for the rest of the season without getting injured. Look, he's playing stupid minutes. He's playing almost 37 minutes a game. Yes, he's averaging 35, 36, uh, 36 37. He's just putting up phenomenal numbers, which I think is a, it's, it's a push to beat Kareem's record ASAP, like around the All-Star break. Because I'm uh, in the league trying to plan something to, to honor him at the All-Star game because he's about to break the record. I just don't think at his age, at some point, he, he's broken down the last three years. Something's going to happen. Anthony Davis sprained his damn ankle the first game he came back. I mean, he's still playing, but, I mean, something. you just don't have enough parts. I mean, LeBron can only do so much. I mean, it, it's. I just don't see it. I can't imagine you got LeBron James playing at this level and you're not good enough to make that's, the playoffs. That, that's the, and a lot of that has to fall back on LeBron, though, because guess what? Let's be real. He, he makes all these demands. Yeah, we won a title. We traded everything we had in the cupboard to get Anthony Davis. We got a title. It was in the bubble. I don't care if it was in the bubble or not. They played it. They won it. Was it worth it? Yeah. Now, is it worth it? No. You know, LeBron, even right now, I don't care about that. I just want to win now. Yeah, I mean, man, we don't even have any. We have no draft picks to give up to go get you anything. So it's just a bad situation that, that you got forced into. Man, the Pelicans... 
They need. A, they got to win. They just need a win. I'm talking about one game. They just got. They have to win one game. They have to stop the bleeding. It's. It's horrible. It's horrible. How what they have done since Zion Williamson went out. It's like they just. They're waiting for him to come back, and in the process, they've lost everything. They've lost the entire cushion they had. They've lost the top four seed. Like, if the team is going to be built around Zion Williamson, you have to plan for him to be out a minimum of 20 games a year. So that's, if you can get 60 from Zion, like, that's a really good year. They're probably not going to get 60 from him this year. They haven't gotten close to 60 in any of his years. So in order to do that, you have to plan for him to be out. And when you're out, you can't just lose every every game. Well, you can't lose every game. A lot of that comes down to, hey, be out. Well, he, he was out 30 games. And I think he probably should have played in the last eight of those that he was out. And now he's back and he's rusty. And he sat out against the Bucks. Like, dude, you're not good enough to to be treated like LeBron. Like, you're acting like you're, acting like you're LeBron. Like, he, he, like he's he's a good player, talented player, but he's not one of these guys where you should be treated like a superstar. Like it's. But do you look at it this way? All right, he had, he has a. Well, first of all, I, I told you this before. Also, he hadn't been right since he got the concussion uh, against Indianapolis in the first two weeks of the season. Then uh, he mysteriously comes down. I didn't miss that the the toe injury. Now that that, that toe is serious. You're taking away. Out of the Pelicans lineup, he averages, what, 24, 25 a game when he's playing? Yeah. It's a lot to overcome. And you have a lot of really good role players. Pelicans, like, top to bottom, roster-wise, if everybody's healthy, they're going to give people hell. Do I think they're a championship-caliber team? No. Not as constructive. But though. they can make a deep run and, and get somewhere. But you you got to have your core guy, like, B.I., yeah, Zion, you can you can – you can still make a run without Zion. Yeah. But right now, Zion's the heart of that team, but you still need all of the pieces because McCullums, he's a complimentary player. Everybody else, perfect role players. But without B.I.'s 25 and then Zion, you know, bowling a China shop, getting you 26, can't stop him, that's a lot to overcome. And I think you can overcome it a little better if you had B.I. on the floor. But right now, I, I just want to win right. one game. Yeah, you're ten in a row. This is eight in a row. They've lost eight in a row. Eight in a row. They've lost. They've lost eleven of the last fourteen. And the next two games are well, at Denver tonight. As we're recording this tonight, the game hadn't started yet. And then Dallas is the next game. So you're playing Jokic and Luka, and those guys are, are going crazy. Now I think they have a chance to beat Dallas. And then after that, they play the Lakers. Which do I think the Pelicans are better than the Lakers? I do, but the Lakers are. Always motivated to play against the Pelicans, and it's in New Orleans, and you know Anthony Davis is going to play and probably go for forty. Like it's just, it, it's some. We got bad games popping up, and I, I'm I'm looking on looking at the schedule trying to find a win, and it's really difficult. I think a win, just a win, any win, would be a, a stop the bleeding moment and allow you to regroup and, and get some positive positivity into that locker room because right now it's just beating down. Everybody's beating down. Everybody's playing so bad. And, just not good. I think they're just trying to get to the All-Star break and then reset after that when well, it gets on. We're, we're two weeks from the All-Star break. That's no. seven more games. No. We can't. We cannot go. We cannot go into All-Star break on a 15-game losing streak. Like we, they gotta do something. I don't know if it's a trade or or change up the the lineups. I think Willie Green has been awful during this stretch. Really bad. <laughs> man, I don't know if a trade. Man, I don't know, man. 
It's kind of hard. It's, it's hard to see. It is hard to say because just what you said, the top to bottom, they're a good lineup. They are. And, and I believe that. And I believe that they have a lot of good players on the team. So if you believe that, you're missing your two most important your players. Two most important. Yeah. You're missing your two most important players. So, I mean, Ingram is back right now. He sat, the, he sat on the back end of the, of the, of the, uh, the back-to-back. I'm fine with that. They were, they, they were not going to beat Milwaukee with Brandon Ingram, so it didn't really matter. It was a loss anyway. I still don't like the fact that he threw away that we threw away the game. I don't like the fact that I, at least at least he could have maybe played the first half or something. Like, I, I, I need you to get shots up, right? I need you to. Yeah, uh, he has to get back into yeah. the, the so, field of Florida. So you game. played yeah. two games. You were awful in both games. You decided to take a night off. Like, we're not in a position for you to take the night off. I need you to get back in the game shape. We got to try to get back into this top four seed because right now we sit at the eight. I don't want to be the eight. If you're in the eight, then you're close to the ten. If you're in the ten, you're close to being out of the playoffs. I don't, I, I don't want that. Like we gotta, we gotta do something to get this back. I don't think Zion is gonna be back before the All Star break. No, so, no, no. So you got, we gotta do something. We can't just be like, well, Zion's out. It can't be the excuse. You can't, you can't just say Zion's out and be okay with losing now eight in a row. Like, I just think they gotta play with what they have and try to make the best of it, man. I mean, it's just, to it's win. so stressful. It was so exciting at the beginning. It just felt like. It. <laughs> Hey, isn't that New Orleans sports for you, though? The Saints will do it to you. Pelicans are doing it to you. Hey, man, they get your hopes up, and then, oh, damn. LSU basketball is atrocious. (laughs) Oh, look, that was expected. Come on, man. Everybody left. I mean, there should have been no expectations for the men's basketball team. After after the Will Wade scandal and everybody transferred out, this guy, I'm surprised the guy took the job. I was like. And then he took the the job before that, before everybody decided they're just gone. I think he's going to be fine. He will. I mean, yeah. but he's had to re- reconstruct yeah. the roster. Yeah. So he's I mean, good. anything they get is it's all good. But I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play the role of the classic LSU fan right now, like because I'm not that. I'm a big LSU fan, but I'm not the classic LSU fan. This is what the classic LSU fan is saying right now. But the women. <laughs> hey, but look, the women though. Hey. The baseball team's ranked number one. Baseball the team, yeah, baseball's right. right around the corner. Right. Hey, I don't know how you much college, I don't know how much college baseball we're gonna get into because you don't really follow that. But hey, I, I do uh, a little bit. Uh, baseball's number one in the country, so we can hang out.